We've got history in Seattle. The Seahawks also have a new defensive coordinator in the process. We'll be diving into the breaking news here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12. This is Corbin Smith, the host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here on this breaking news installment of Blue Friday by my co-host Nick Lee. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, whether you're listening in nearby Tacoma or over in Middlesex, England. This show is going to be really important for you. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. The Seahawks have a new defensive coordinator, and they're making some history in the process with that hire. We're going to dive into the newest coach added to Mike McDonald's staff. We're going to take a look at some free agent fits from the 49ers and Chiefs that could make sense for the Seahawks this offseason. And we're going to wrap up with a spirited game of cut, trade, or release as we try to get some salary cap relief for the Seattle Seahawks. Jam-packed episode coming your way, courtesy of Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Now for your lead story here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. We have breaking news, and I kind of felt like Sheldon, the the meme where he's throwing the papers around. That's kind of how things have been the last 20 minutes because we had a schedule set up for today's show, and then Adam Durday becomes the new defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, former defensive line coach for the Dallas Cowboys. This is a move that was anticipated by some people. He had recently spoken with the team about their defensive coordinator job. He was under consideration with Dan Quinn's replacement position with the Dallas Cowboys as well. And now he gets to become the Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator, the first British-born defensive coordinator in league history. So this is certainly big news. And when you look at the resume here for Adam Durday, what a phenomenal route that he took to get to Seattle. We're talking about somebody that originally played in NFL Europe. Here are very many guys that played in that league that are coaching in the NFL now. Played over there in NFL Europe. Also was heavily involved in coaching in England as well. After his playing career ended, he had brief spurts in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers as well as I believe the Atlanta Falcons had him in their camp. But he was with the London Warriors, the defensive coordinator from 2008 to 2013. Then he was an intern in Dallas and Atlanta, went from being an intern to working for the NFL UK as a head football development analyst, and then back to coaching on Dan Quinn's staff in Atlanta, worked his way with Quinn over to Dallas, and now he's the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. And Nick, there's no question about it. This, not just a historic hire, but really this is that missing piece of the puzzle when you're looking from a coaching standpoint for the Seahawks because Mike McDonald's cut his teeth with linebackers in secondary. Leslie Frazier is a former defensive back in the NFL. He's a secondary coach as well by trade. You needed that defensive line coach, and he's not going to be calling the plays based on what Mike McDonald said. This is a great chance for him to really be the run game coordinator. That's what I'm suspecting is going to be the unofficial title, and maybe they'll make it an official title that's part of his repertoire as well. But 
they needed that defensive line to have a coach with that background. And this guy did a phenomenal job in Dallas the last three years. Yeah, it's one of those unique ones where you don't really need to worry, you know, break a sweat about, oh, what's this defense going to look like? What's, you know, what's the scheme? You know, all this stuff. You know, Mike McDonald made it very clear he's going to call plays. This is a great, you know, tutelage kind of hire. He's he's kind of an up and comer. Um, I love the, the quote from Jerry Jones in that Hard Knocks episode with the Cowboys a few years ago. I look at him and he looks like he's from Arkansas. Then I listen to him and he sounds like Winston Churchill. I love that. Um, yeah, just really unique path uh, for my my brother-in-law who's in Wales, is a big Seahawks fan living in Wales, is over the moon about this hire um, just from that aspect too. He's, he's very excited for that. Um, and yeah, he's, it's not just, you know, a, a dog and pony show. It's not just, you know, a, a PR kind of thing. He does seem to know his stuff. I mean, last three seasons, the Cowboys have averaged 47 sacks and the Seahawks have averaged 42 in that same time span. So obviously the Micah Parsons uh, part doesn't hurt there. So um, yeah, he's certainly a guy who's who's cut his teeth, so as you said, um, and and he's kind of made made his own, and he's a rising kind of name in the defensive ranks. And yeah, just a very interesting guy as well. You know, just it'll be fun to have him in uh, press conferences and and just getting to talk to him. He seems like he just comes from a very unique background, obviously, and just a, also seems to know his stuff. So I think this is pretty much. As far as, you know, a defensive-minded head coach who will call plays making a defensive coordinator higher, this is, I think, about as good as it gets, I'd say. Yeah, and as I said, I don't anticipate that we're going to be seeing Durday calling plays for the Seahawks. Now, McDonald kept that door open that maybe down the line, if he gets the right coordinator in place where he's, you know, trustworthy in that, that he may relegate that duty. But I anticipate that Mike McDonald is going to be calling the plays for the Seattle Seahawks this year. But this is a coach that... I've noticed this to be a path that the Seahawks are looking for here, not just with McDonald with his background, but they're looking for coaches that have coached multiple positions. And Durde was the linebacker coach for the Atlanta Falcons under Dan Quinn in 2020 before Quinn got fired midseason. He maintained that position for the rest of the year, followed Quinn, became the defensive line coach. So he has coached multiple positions. He's been a defensive quality control coach. He has been a defensive coordinator way back in the day, again, with the London Warriors. So not the NFL-level competition, but he has defensive coordinator experience, calling plays, uh, everything that I've read and heard, an incredibly high football IQ, and thinks outside the box a little bit. That really seems to be where the Seahawks have taken this entire uh, coaching hire situation from top down. They've really been looking outside the box for looking at all kinds of different stuff. I mean, Chip Kelly was on the radar as an offensive coordinator. Sounds like he's going to go to Ohio State now for that same role, but they've been looking basically everywhere they can for different ideas, trying to find the right fit. And Durde is one of the defensive minds that they were looking at. Joe Cullen of the Kinson Chiefs is another defensive line coach that they reportedly had interest in, but he's coaching in the Super Bowl. They decided to hire Durde now rather than risk him potentially taking the Cowboys defensive coordinator job, which he has been linked to replacing his mentor, Dan Quinn, in that position. So I'm eager to see what he is able to do. He's the defensive coordinator, but his main emphasis is going to be that defensive line. Can he get players like Boy Mafe to the next level? In the interior, is he going to be able to work with guys like Cameron Young, Mike Morris, who is highly respected by Mike McDonald, who coached him at Michigan a few years ago as a defensive coordinator, is he going to be able to get more out of those players? And assuming Leonard Williams comes back, 
What's that fit look like? But this guy has experience coaching veterans and young players at a high level. And I think that's what makes this the most intriguing addition for the Seahawks. I do like that Adam Durde is, you know, has that is that defensive line where Mike McDonald can really focus on the defense as a whole. And I, I'm really looking forward to what McDonald brings to the entire defense, just the changing the tackling ability, the pass rush, the the coverage, everything. And then him, uh, Adarte coming in with that defensive line background, the front seven kind of background, you know, solidifying that. So you really have two guys that really can can kind of sand it down and sharpen the edges of this defensive front seven. And, you know, with a lot of personnel changes, perhaps, especially along the interior. Um, and yeah, you mentioned Boy Mafe, I think is a guy that could really benefit from this kind of uh, this kind of hire. I'm not saying he's the next Micah Parsons, <laughs> but it's it, it is exciting to see that much change. And honestly, with, with how things went, I am all of a sudden, you know, it's a complete 180 and how I feel about the Seahawks defense. I expect this defense to be formidable next year. Yeah. I think that the coaching moves they've made, whether it's been just having a defensive head coach now and Mike McDonald, another defensive head coach, Pete Carroll, that was his trade had been a struggle in recent years though, on that side of the football, but going out and getting a Leslie Frazier as your assistant head coach with the track record he has. And then Durde, which is a coach on a different end of the spectrum. I mean, Leslie Frazier has been around a long time. He is that experienced grizzly veteran coach. Durde has been around a little bit, but this is still an ascending coach now that gets this opportunity to be the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. So you've got a well-rounded staff with a lot of different ideas with different mentors this is not a guy that has coached in the Mike McDonald tree, so to speak. He hasn't been with the Ravens or anything, but he was respected for his work with Dan Quinn. And so you get a lot of different ideologies now. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see how all these puzzle pieces fit together. But this is certainly a candidate once he emerged as a possibility for the Seahawks. Once I did some more research on him, I became very intrigued. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with that defensive line taking over as the defensive coordinator up next the Super Bowl is on Sunday and yeah we'll be watching the game just because it's the big game but we're also gonna be taking a look at some potential free agents that could be fits for the Seattle Seahawks Nick and I are going to dive into one player apiece for the 49ers and Chiefs that we would like to see the Seahawks bring in during free agency don't go away you're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks This episode is brought your way by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. So get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of quarter one, 2024. Validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risks, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. 
You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. It's your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. The Seahawks have a new defensive coordinator, Adam Durday, going to be taking over on Mike McDonald's staff, former Cowboys defensive line coach. So certainly some big breaking news for Seahawks fans as this staff continues to come together. Now now we just got to get an offensive coordinator. That's the one position that still remains open that is a crucial coaching spot on Mike McDonald's staff. And we'll see if that decision is made here in coming days. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers, maybe there's a candidate the Seahawks are looking at from one of those teams for the offensive coordinator spot, but they will be playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday in Las Vegas. And of course, we're going to be enjoying the commercials. We're going to be enjoying all of the extra festivities, the halftime show, you name it, everything that makes the Super Bowl the big game. We're going to be enjoying it. But from an analytical standpoint, Nick, you and I are also going to be watching prospective free agents on both teams because typically that's what happens when teams compete in the Super Bowl is you have a hard time keeping the roster together. Other teams are trying to get your players the Seahawks certainly will be in the mix looking and seeing if they can find some reasonable values from the Chiefs and the 49ers to add to their football team. And let's get the fantasy element of this out of the way first, because you and I are going to pick one Kansas City Chief and one San Francisco 49ers, a 49er player apiece. But obviously the best pending free agent on either team is Chris Jones, the defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. That would be a phenomenal addition to the Seahawks defensive line. But let's just get the fantasy out of the way. You and I, neither one of us are picking him because the price tag is way too expensive. The Chiefs are not going to let him go either. The Seahawks have salary cap issues. We'll get to that later in the show. There's no way that is going to happen. So, Nick, while you and I would love to see Chris Jones in Seahawks uniform, uh, we're not going to go that direction with the Kansas City Chiefs. No, no. I I am going to stick on defense for the Chiefs. Um, and this is a guy that if the Seahawks miss out on Patrick Queen, perhaps, or Jordan Brooks, for some whatever reason, doesn't come back and you're still down one, two off ball linebackers, Drew Tranquil. I've liked what I've seen from, from the chiefs linebacker. He's, 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 he kind of came on late, you know, didn't, didn't play the, you know, the full volume of snaps. There was some rotation there in Kansas city, solid tackler and decent in coverage. Didn't allow any touchdowns in 49 targets. And had four and a half sacks as an off-ball linebacker, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, he also had an 86.1 pass rushing grade. So as far as off-ball linebackers go, um, he he can rush the passer with some of the better. You know, he's got one of the better grades as far as that goes. Um, you, certainly, there, there's some concerns about you know coverage still. That's always going to be a concern for for guys of that kind of skill set. But I do think that he'd be an upgrade over, say, Bobby Wagner, strictly in coverage. I'm not saying I'm not saying Drew Strinkle is better than Bobby Wagner. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying in coverage, I want upgrades in the middle of the defense in coverage, and I think Drew Trinkle would be that. And also, you know, compared to Patrick Queen or, Patrick Queen or even Jordan Brooks, Trinkle wouldn't break the bank, so to speak, especially with some of those cap limitations. So I like the fit there with a somewhat maybe perhaps cheaper linebacker like Trinkle, but still – you know, he's, he's accomplished. He's, he's done a lot in the NFL and he, and he had a decent season this year. 
the pride of Carroll High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana, a school that was actually in my conference when I was playing high school football in Indiana. But uh, yeah, he is a really good athlete. He can do a lot of different things. And yet at the same time, I don't think he's a player that you would have to open up the checkbook and break the bank to be able to sign. He's a good player, not a great player, but certainly his athleticism. I could see him being a fit in Mike McDonald's defense. I'm going to go to the defensive line with my pick for the Kansas City Chiefs and maybe a name that fans are not familiar with, but Mike Dana, formerly of Michigan, also played at Central Michigan before he transferred to join the Wolverines. So he played his entire college career in the state of Michigan, but with two different programs. He is really one of the underrated glue guys of that defensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs because everybody knows who Chris Jones is up front. George Karloftis, former first-round pick out of Purdue, had a really solid second season, so he's an emerging player. But Mike Dana quietly had five sacks last year, six and a half sacks this season. He's tough in the trenches. He can play run defense. Being a former Michigan player, he's got that toughness and physicality to him. And he didn't play for Mike McDonald. McDonald came the year, two years actually, after his last snap at Michigan. But still, he's a Michigan Wolverine. He played for Jim Harbaugh. He's been a solid pass rusher that's put up good sack numbers in a reserve role. And oh, by the way, he's only 26 years old. He can play some run defense. I just think from a depth perspective that this guy would be a really nice addition, especially with that Michigan background. I think that Mike McDonald could plug and play him and he could give the Seahawks some really good depth on the defensive line. Now let's go to the San Francisco 49ers now, Nick. And for me, this one was actually kind of tough because the 49ers don't have a lot of big names that are going to be potentially hitting free agency. Now, there could be some cap casualties once we get to the offseason, but that's the benefit of having a quarterback on a rookie contract that was a seven-round pick like Brock Purdy. They have all kinds of money to spend elsewhere on the roster. I'm actually going to go with Randy Gregory on this one, who is a guy that's bounced around. Obviously, there's been some of the legal issues that he's had as far as being suspended, but he did play for Adam Durde for a season in Dallas. And so that creates some intrigue for me about Randy Gregory being a potential fit on the defensive line for the Seahawks. And I mentioned the issues with his uh, issues off the field. He has been able to play the last couple of years. He's still a fairly young player. So I just like the fact that he has played for Adam Durde. He's had some seasons where he's been really productive as a pass rusher. Again, this is a depth piece. You're not going to break the bank bringing him in, not going to be giving him 50 plus million like the Denver Broncos did before this uh, last season. But this is a guy that can still get after the quarterback, still a really good athlete, I think, from a depth perspective. And that relationship with Durde, I think it would be a natural fit to add into this defense. Well, to be quite honest, I, I didn't consider Gregory much until the, the Durde news. Um, that makes a ton of sense. I, I do, you know, I'm wary of his checkered past. You know, he's, he's had a few issues there. For me, I'm going to go with, you know, I know restoring failed first round picks is kind of more of a Pete Carroll thing. <laughs> Um, that's his, one of his favorite pastimes, I think, or at least attempting to, to do that. Um, Javon Kinlaw, I know he's not been the same, you know, he's not been the fourth overall pick, you know, he's, why not, you know, get him a guy like, or get, get him in a room with Mike McDonald. Perhaps he can unlock something. I'm not saying he's the next Justin Matabuke in the middle. Um, but he's coming off of hit one of the better seasons of his short career so far, 34 pressures, which would have been fourth on the Seahawks this year, um, uh, career high, three and a half sacks. 
and athletic build for a, a three, a three. He's pretty athletic for a three, five tech. guy. I know he's had some health issues too, which, you know, he's, he's not that big, stout, thick kind of a, a interior lineman you, you think of, but at the right price under, under McDonald's tutelage, I'm very interested in making a move like this where he's, it's, he's not breaking the bank. It's more of a reclamation project and you're going to need depth along the interior. And he's got that athleticism. He can get after the passer. So Javon Kinlaw, I know it's not the sexiest name, or at least it, he used to be, you know, now he's kind of a failed first round pick, but certainly as a, perhaps a rebound candidate, I, I like him. Yeah. And it'd be nice to see him be able to dip into that potential a little bit more in Seattle and be able to wreak some havoc against his former team. There's just, it hasn't necessarily been a great fit for him. And then the knee issues, he was certainly a name I considered, but there's a huge drop off after him and Randy Gregory, which again, that's what happens when you have a seventh round quarterback on a rookie contract. Like you don't have big name free agents that become available. So that's going to change the next few years when Purdy gets paid. But nonetheless, not a lot of options for them. I feel like the Chiefs have a little more appetizing free agent list, though. I don't know which one of those guys are actually going to hit the market. As we said, Chris Jones, very unlikely that he is going to be available for anybody. And uh, Janarius Sneed, he's probably not going anywhere either. But you're looking at big contract guys that are going to cost a lot of money to sign if they do hit free agency. Kinlaw and Gregory, Dana and Tranquil, all four of those players, I would think they're going to get average at best contracts that may fit into Seattle's financial structure. Speaking of salary cap, the Seahawks are kind of in a little bit of salary cap hell right now. It's an easy fix, though. There's a number of moves that they can make. There's going to be some tough decisions, and we're going to make some of those tough decisions coming up next. We're going to play a spirited game of cut, trade, restructure here on Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. Don't go away. We will be right back. This episode is brought your way by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be right around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Take, for example, the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. They've got Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store built directly into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. And the 2024 Rogue has the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Or you could try out the 2024 Nissan Armada that'll change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Think first-class luxury with a rugged 4x4. It tows bigger and explores further. You, you can do that in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue and the Nissan Pathfinder or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. This episode is also brought to you away by Price Picks, Price Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you can make those picks in less than 60 seconds. Basketball season, we're getting into the heat of the playoff picture now, and with the Super Bowl coming up, you've got a last opportunity to do a combo projection in the specials league. You can have LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10 and a half three-pointers plus receptions. Make sure to test your skills out here as we get to the end of the football season in the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use the code locked on NFL 
for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedInNFL. And use the code LockedInNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're listening to Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. It's your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, on our Blue Friday show by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. It's time to shift away from all the coaching talk, and, and let's get to the salary cap. And the Seahawks right now, not necessarily a good situation. In fact, if you go to overthecap.com right now, the Seahawks are in the red with a projected negative $5 million in cap space. Now, that's not the worst in the league. There's teams like the Saints out there that are in a way worse position. The Chargers are basically $100 million in the red right now. They've got a lot of tough decisions to make. So the Seahawks are not in the worst position in the league. But, Nick, nonetheless, there's going to be some decisions on players that have to be made. And so – our goal in this exercise, we're going to be playing cut, trade, or restructure, and we are going to be looking at what decisions we want to make to try to open up a minimum of $20 million in cap space for the Seattle Seahawks. So we've got big names, we've got some lesser names here, but let's get to our moves here. And the first one, cut, trade, or in this case, release. Geno Smith, and if you look at his data here cut pre-june 1st we're looking at 13.8 million if you cut him post june 1st 22 and a half million same numbers with a trade if you restructure his contract 10.65 million where do you stand on geno smith and his future with the seahawks well first i ask my you know if you cut geno smith what would his market be you know what teams would be lining up to sign geno smith my guess is not a ton his market would be pretty lukewarm, I would say. And so with that cap hit being pretty steep, I think you restructure. I don't think you straight up cut him, um, especially with this transition in the year. You still don't quite know what the system's going to be. You don't know what they're going to do in the draft, draft a rookie. I am still on team, get a rookie in here with Geno Smith. And, um, you know, I, I like with the veteran presence he brings in a possible, you know, the big one of the bigger transition years in this franchise's history, having a veteran quarterback um, and, you know, mature leader like that um, certainly wouldn't hurt. So I'm going to go restructure. You know, you save that. It was at 10 million or so there. So it gets you halfway to at least your goal of 20 minimum. Um, I don't, I don't think straight up cutting him is the, is the right answer just because I, I do like having that veteran presence, especially with this transition year. He did not have the same year, obviously that he did in 2022. So if, if he had, if he had, doubled down on that pretty much and had another, you know, 30 touchdown, you know, leading the league in completion percentage, hundred plus passer rating kind of season, then yeah, I'd be more hesitant to do things like that. Cause then he has a bit more leverage, but I think now the Seahawks have a bit more leverage in that. So I'm going to go restructure, save about 10 mil. Yeah. I'm going to save 10.65 million too, just because I don't want to see what the quarterback room is going to look like without having him in the quarterback room right now. Even if you draft a rookie early, you only have one pick in the first 76. Are you wanting to use that 16th overall pick on a quarterback? Is there going to be a guy there that is worth that selection? I mean, there's just a lot of big question marks for me. Are you going to bring back Drew Locke and say he's the starter this year? That seems like a very risky roll of the dice with a new coaching staff too. So I keep Geno Smith around. I think he's still a very solid starting quarterback, 
but let's kick some of that cap space down to the next year and let's see what next year holds with his future of the team. He's the starter this season for the Seahawks. Now at receiver, one of the big names on the team, Tyler Lockett, Nick. And I'll admit, this one is maybe one of the trickier ones for me because I look at what happened last season, still had decent numbers, but those were not the numbers we typically see from Tyler Lockett. He didn't get to 1,000 receiving yards, was held to just four touchdowns. By his standards, it was a pedestrian season. And so you look at the age, he's going to be 32 soon. You're starting to wonder, are we entering that window where he is going to be a diminishing player? Or is last season just a case of, well, they added Jack Smith and Jigba. The offense was off kilter for large chunks of the year, and that impacted him. He's still a great player. I don't know about that. But for me, you know, you look at the cuts, you're not going to save a lot of money cutting him pre-June 1st. And I don't see there's any way that you're trading him with that contract. As good of a player as he is, I don't see any team, unless somebody's like, hey, we'll give you a fifth and you eat half the salary. It's going to have to be that kind of a deal. So I think cutting him is probably not the right answer. Trading him is not a possibility. He is another one that restructuring could make sense. For me, though, I'm actually sitting pat on this one. I'm not doing anything because I don't want to kick more cap down the road for him when he gets even older next season. Yeah, I struggle between restructure or just stand pat, but I'm, I'm really trying to create a bit more space. So obviously it'd be really weird to see Tyler Lockett in any other uniform except for the Seahawks, even despite, you know, 894 yards and five touchdowns this year, certainly not to his standards. I'd like to think just given the way he's, you know, his career is gone, I'd like to think it's just a one-off for now um, with kind of just some, a clunky offense and, you know, I, I could easily be talking to him another thousand yard season next year. Some some receivers do age decently well. It's not quite like running back or, you know, lineman or, a, you know, a linebacker or something like that. So um, I, I could see a scenario where he, he still has some produce productive years. So I'm going to go restructure just because you can save about as much as you would if you cut him and you don't want to cut him. He's a, still a very talented receiver. Um, and, and again, that veteran presence with the new regime new system you'd like to have Gino and Tyler Lockett back in that scenario to kind of guide the ship through the channel so to speak um so I'm gonna go restructure here save that seven so I'm about I'm at, I think I'm at 17 or so now between Gino and Tyler's restructuring now I know that the the caveat is they have to agree you know that takes two to tango there so we can play Madden or something all, all we all we like but they do need to agree to this but in a perfect world I'm restructuring this one too Going to the tight end position, you've already got Noah Fan and Colby Parkinson set to hit free agency. You don't know which one of those players is going to be back, if either of them. But they've also got a financial situation with Will Disley, a cap hit north of $10 million. Nick, for me, this one is pretty simple. I mean, I don't see anybody taking on that contract in a trade with the lack of productivity in the passing game. You can save almost $7 million cutting him. If you do an extension, you can maybe get some of that cap, cap hit off this year. But I'm actually leaning at this point towards just straight up cutting Will Disley because I just don't feel like the production has been there. He's a really good run blocker still, and maybe that's something that Mike McDonald is really going to value coming from the Baltimore Ravens. But do you value it enough to keep that contract? Maybe it's somebody you can do an extension with to lower that cap hit down. Maybe it's a situation you cut him and then you bring him back for a lesser contract. I think there'd be other teams with interest, but I'm taking that gamble here just because I don't think he, quite frankly, has been anywhere close to that value. So give me that close to $7 million so that I'm around $17 million that I've opened up in cap space. Yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. Cut him. And, and for me, that puts me up over 25, $24 million now. But 
Yeah, for a tight end that's set to make about $10 million all told, um, 17 catches for 172 yards and one touchdown ain't gonna do it. And I know he's, you know, he's got some value in the, in the run game and blocking, um, but you can find those for about a quarter of the price um, of Will Disley. I, I, you know, obviously, it, he's he's a fun guy to have on the team. You dub guy, obviously a fan favorite in that way. Um, but you just, yeah, that's just not the running. That's not the running number for a guy with those kind of stats. So it's an easy cut for me. Let's go back to the safety position here to cap off the game because the two, maybe the two biggest contracts that we're going to be dealing with here right now in this simulation, Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. I'm going to start with the one that's really easy, and I hate it that it's really easy, and that's Jamal Adams. You look at the contract situation for him. If he is cut pre-June 1st, you're only saving $6.08 million. There's a massive dead cap hit. If you do the post-June 1st designation, $16.5 million. Restructuring him, that would be $7.65 million, but then you're looking at an even more ridiculous cap hit in 2025 for a player who – cannot stay healthy, doesn't look like the same player when he's been out on the field. And I hate this one because I really wish we could see Jamal Adams back. But I don't know if he's going to retire. I don't know if the Seahawks are going to cut him with a failed physical, but that's where I'm leaning in this simulation. I have a feeling it's going to be a post-June 1st release with a failed physical just because of all the injuries and stuff. And maybe there's a retirement that ends up coming with that. Who knows? But I just don't see a scenario unless he makes a really big leap more than a year after that uh, torn quad tendon in the Seahawks society is worth that money. I just can't see that happening. So I'm doing the post June 1st release to open up $16 million. That's a big number to open up that, that you could redistribute in so many ways. Um, Unless Mike McDonald is absolutely convinced that he can revive Jamal Adams's career and that they connect instantly, you know, there's this there's this rejuvenated sense that he can become a huge part of this defense. You cut him, and I, I'm not I don't, I'm not saying that's happening. I don't see that happening. I don't see them having this connection and where McDonald really wants to hold on to him. I'm going to cut him and easily save that with that 16. I'm well over 25, going up to 30 million in cap space. I'm sitting pretty looking at all these free agents, maybe bring in Chris Jones. We'll see. No, just kidding. Uh, at least Leonard Williams, resign Leonard Williams. So uh, yeah, another e pretty easy cut for me and Jamal Adams. The other safety spot, this one was maybe a little bit more tricky in the sense that I still believe Quandre Diggs is a really solid player. And I think last year he was a victim of circumstance in a lot of ways because teams still are not getting connected uh, connections downfield down the seam or on post routes. Like he is still one of the very best at limiting those opportunities for opponents. There were more missed tackles, but if you're asking your free safety to make that many tackles, there's a lot of other issues with your defense. It's not just the fact that your free safety is missing tackles and he still made a lot of tackles only had one pick, but there weren't a lot of opportunities last year for him. And I just think Nick with this coach coming in, Mike McDonald, what he did with Geno stone last year, getting seven picks, he is going to put his free safety in position to make plays. And we know that Quandre Diggs is the playmaker. I know he's going to be a little older player, but I'm actually going to go the extension route here, add an extra year to his contract and open up six and a half million by the structure of the contract that I signed. So instead of cutting him or trading him to open up 11 million, I'm going to take a little less of an increase, but I just opened up 16 million with Jamal Adams. I, I want Quandre Diggs on this roster playing in Mike McDonald's defense. So I'm going to do that and save some money in the process. 
Yeah, I feel very differently about these two safeties. Um, Jamal Adams, I think there's a little bit of the, you know, the internal tension that he's gone after it with the fan base and some media, you know, <laughs> um, and Quandre Diggs is very, very easily likable. So there's that factor too. Um, I'd like to keep him around. He had a career high tackles at 95. <laughs> when your free safety is making 95 tackles, I'm, I'm not sure that's the greatest thing in the world, but um, I would like to keep him around. So cutting isn't happening. If he agrees to an extension, yes, I, I think you, you extend him, especially with the money saved with the post June 1st of, June, of Jamal Adams. I cut Will Disley and I, and I restructured Gino. So I think I'm well over 30 million now if we, if we restructure, restructure this and that definitely gives you a lot of flexibility moving forward. You go from cap, you know, cap space hell to north of 30 million with these moves. Holy smokes. That would be um, a lot of fun with the free agency. It's nice to, to have some of the, some fun money, so to speak. So um, yeah, but if for whatever reason he doesn't agree to an extension and he has to play for the 11 million, I'm also maybe on board with that. Like you mentioned with Mike McDonald, the way he can utilize digs, might be uh, beneficial, maybe worth $11 million. We don't know. So I really would like to find a way to keep Quandre Diggs on the squad. Yeah, that's really the thing. Are you going to get your bang for your buck in this defense? I would be willing to bet on it because of what safeties have done in Mike McDonald's system in Baltimore. So I guess that's the way that I'm looking at it. I still think Quandre Diggs is a very solid player. Jamal Adams, I just haven't seen, even when he's been healthy, I don't see the Jamal Adams of old. And that contract is just an albatross at this point. So we'll see what the Seahawks do. But you and I both opened up more than 30 million real quick there with what really a lot of them were not too difficult of decisions. The Seahawks could go a number of different ways with these choices to open up cap. But they are in a position where they can get a healthy cap situation so that they can attack this offseason and try to improve this roster in all phases. As always, you can follow me on X at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee 51. Make sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Coming up on Monday, the Seahawks might have a new offensive coordinator. They might not. If they do, we'll be breaking down the new selection, who's hired the staff. If not, we'll be looking at updates, who's in the mix to call plays on offense for the Seahawks. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Go Hawks.